1: Discounts not available in all states and situations.
2: There's no place to escape to. This is the last hot oh, yes. on the left. <laughs> from your glade. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that?
1: You've come all the way from Norway. Mm-hmm. You just got all of the, the, the Norwegian dirt off your clogs. <laughs> You're sleeping on a down bed. And what you now believe is this may be the most comfortable bed you've ever been in. Oh, outside yeah. Outside of the... The... Hjern. That you slept in back in the home country. Yeah, and absolutely. And you're in the small small yeah. mattress, and you hear like you're like oh, finally get some sleep. Bell says she's gonna make me something nice in the morning for breakfast. Oh yeah, right. And she's real adamant about how nice breakfast is gonna be. Of course. Right? But you're sleeping. For some reason she will let you sleep in the bed together the first night because you're at the border this night. Then you awaken to see something not like a mixture of Norman Bates's mother and Jason. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> standing above the bed while you're sleeping and then going pitter patter pitter patter pitter patter away that is absolutely frightening (laughs) well i don't know can you imagine this whole story is about being afraid of yayas (laughs) (laughs) this is being afraid of your nana if your nana could be an unstoppable killing machine oh yeah that's Bill good.:
0: I think my grandmother was about to do that, uh, but thankfully the Lord took her at 89 before she could kill. Uh, yeah. All right, everyone. This is the last podcast on the left. I am Ben. I'm staring at the beautiful face of Henry. No, I'm staring at both of you. Yeah. But in New York City, I'm with Marcus. That's me. And then Henry Zabrowski's in LA, like always. Yeah. So obviously we are on to part two of Belle Mm Gunnis and she is she's kind of a dream woman. Is that what you're saying, Henry? This fucking tiny
1: footed bitch, tiny foot (laughs) bitch from Norway who's out there killing our people. I tell you what, you want to go into that big clotted cream covered spiders web. I Mm -hmm. understand. Like you get you get these fucking sweet ass letters, you are promised a bunch of salted fish and as much corn as you can put into a barrel. Yeah, buddy, I'm taking my cock and balls over
3: there. So, when we last left Belle Gunnis, she had already murdered two husbands, as many as four of her own adopted children and twice as many lonely Norwegian bachelors who were summoned forth from towns across the Midwest by Belle's ads in Norwegian-language newspapers. Ooh.
1: I also read another one of her ads that I really enjoyed that it ended with, Triflers need not apply. Oh, no triflers. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, she triplers. doesn't want like, no don't... scrubs. <laughs> no, no scrubs, man. Wow. You can't get in her ride, dude. Because
0: it, her ride fucking ends it. You're great. Yes. Well, it sounds like she's very good at writing copy. <laughs> she should have just gotten a job in marketing. I mean, this is sort of like the peak industrial time for the country. Come on.
3: Well, she was very good at writing copy in Norwegian. When she tried uh, writing in English, she did not sound very intelligent. C- come and get it.
0: <laughs> come and get this gas. You fucking burner.
3: <laughs> okay. But not every man who was summoned by Bell ended up in her hog pits. George Anderson from Missouri.
0: What? I just hope that's not a euphemism for the front and the back. <laughs>
1: Her front back hog pit and her yeah. lower back hog pit. Yeah. <laughs> Call it the old hog pit. Well,
3: George Anderson from Missouri said he came to the Gunnis home and fell fast asleep in the guest bedroom on his first night completely satisfied with the arrangement he'd found. He thought he'd hit pay dirt. Wow. I fucking Nailed this! Like
2: it's that
1: type of, <laughs> that type of pure sleep. I know it. I've only had it maybe three or four times in my life. Pure victory, where you just have the covers pulled up to your chin, like it's an old Norman Rockwell painting of a man sleeping. And you're just like, ah, an easy night's sleep for a man who's done everything perfect. And, then, and
3: it's always disaster oh, yeah. it always
1: me. you're always. going to wake up dead
3: always but around midnight george said that he had a dream that quote something uncanny was hovering above him Ooh. And when he opened his eyes bell Gunnis was silently standing next to his bed watching him sleep <laughs> 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 and
1: she's standing there just like wide-eyed with the covers like up to his and she goes
0: just out of the room slam. but okay let's be honest though if she was like a super cute you know woman that he just moved in with this would be romance No, would people, people love to stare at their partners when they sleep they say oh my god I'm so happy to be with you and then you wake up and you say oh my god honey I can't believe that you're looking at me I want to look at you too you are speaking as a six foot seven man. All right? <laughs> I will say that
1: if I saw any woman, and I've had these before, where you wake up and your eyes are just locked
3: on you. Almost as if, like, are you gonna leave? I dare you to leave.
1: <laughs> I it's very frightening. Women are frightening.
3: Yeah, I do not want to wake up to have someone boring. Like, if they're laying in bed next to you and they're resting their chin yes. on their hand, like that's, that's nice. cute. That's really nice because you know it's like and they're looking at you lovingly. Belgonas was towering over his bed, fully <laughs> dressed, standing and staring. Oh, well,
2: <laughs> it's
1: can I see them one more time
3: before you kill me? <laughs> and then when he just kind of uttered a squeak of surprise, oh! she just muttered something unintelligible and ran out of the room.
0: Well, that's okay. That's uncomfortable.
3: All right. Yeah, and as expected, George did not close his eyes again for the rest of the night and left at dawn and kept the whole experience to himself. Because what are you going to do? Who are you going to tell? You're not going to go tell the cops that I went to some lady's house and I woke up and she was standing over my bed staring at me, go arrest her. It's not criminal. It's (laughs) just weird. Okay. But one man in Belle's life somehow set himself apart from all the rest, and he would play the role of either patsy or accomplice later on in Belle's life, although it seems fairly obvious that this guy was more of a useful idiot than anything else. Mm. That idiot's name was Ray Lamphere. He's sort of a Midwest riffraff.
1: Yeah. From Rocky Horror Pictures. Okay. Right?
3: <laughs> now, perhaps part of the reason why Ray Lamphere survived his brush with Bell when so many other men didn't was because Ray was a local. And locals can be trusted always.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't <laughs> hassle me. They
1: I'm hate a local. anybody from the outside, which I also don't really understand because Bell Gunnis also wasn't local.
3: Yeah, but Bell never killed a local, nor did she commit any crimes against okay. locals. Don't shit where you eat. In other words, absolutely. Known as the weak and worthless no-account son of a formerly prominent member of the LaPorte community, Ray Lamphere was known to spend every penny he earned on drinking, gambling, and purchased affection.
0: Oh, oh my goodness, what could what's that, that be? <laughs> Honestly, that's just, just cut to him licking a honey ham in an alleyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, this is better than a girlfriend. <laughs> because, oh, sweet salty ham, oh. you can't leave or divorce me until <laughs> you're in the vacation home that is my belly. <laughs> oh, wonderful,
0: wonderful.
3: And Ray was not a savvy gambler. Oh. According to Schechter, Ray once lost $50 in one night on a a port saloon slot machine, which, in today's money, amounts to about $1,500.
0: All right, this is just a little bit of gambling advice from Uncle Ben Kissel. (laughs) Stay away from the slot machines. The casino makes all their money on the outside. You got to play your roulette, play your blackjack, even have a little fun with your craps. The slot machines, that's how they get you. Mm -hmm. But you learned that the hard way
2: by being
1: bilked by a fucking casino (laughs) owner that's like, No, Benjamin, my new best friend. You see, for just $100, you get this one big coin. And you can get so many of them to play in our new big slot machines and you're like, "Huh, exercise, like a good deal." It's like
0: a good time. I did play a large slot machine on the way out of an Atlantic City hotel one time. It was quite fun uh, to see how big it was. It's like when you sit in one of those big chairs at a festival. Uh, yeah. Um and I pulled the big knob and I got but it's like big no money because it was like <laughs> no money, but like a big version
3: of it. Now, no one actually knows how Bell and Ray got to be tangled up in each other's lives. Some say that Bell just straight up stopped Ray in the street and offered him a job and a place to live. Because she was in need of a little affection. Oh
1: damn man, she just saw his fucking fucking swagger. Some walkers are gonna be like checking like parking meters for change and like (laughs) picking up cigarettes
2: off the street and be like,
1: Yeah, I make myself a millionaire. That's all you gotta do. If you scoop up enough street dust together, you can blow it in somebody's face and they give you fifty dollars to go away. Just cut just cut. Oh, if I want to ride your hips.
0: <laughs> just cut to her vision, just zooming in with the hearts like the Instagram super zoom.
3: <laughs> That's the one. But more likely, Ray heard through the local carpenter's union that the widow Gunness out on McClang Road had work to offer. And mm. since Belle still had to keep the honey trap of the farm in good working order, because it wouldn't do if the guy showed up and the farm looked like shit. Of course. She just hired Ray. As an actual laborer. Mm. See, Belle Gunnis did usually have someone living in one of the bedrooms of her house to take care of some of the day to day operations of the farm, but she had recently lost longtime employee Emil Greening. See, Emil was young and he'd been hanging around the Gunnis homestead because he had matrimonial ideas about Belle's daughter, Jenny. Oh. But after Jenny had suddenly, quote unquote, Gone to California. A lot of people seem to be going to California
1: these days from (laughs) Indiana. Swish, 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 swish.
3: Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Belle told everyone that she went to college in California. Suddenly. Of course. Yeah. But after that, Amal lost interest and just quit. He's like, I got no reason to hang around here anymore. Okay, so she's on the look for she's on the lookout for her next Kato Kalen.
0: <laughs> she needs someone in the guest house.
1: You need somebody in the guest house you can pin all your crimes on <laughs> at
3: all times. This, this is important for all of us boys to know. Sure. Now, Ray Lamphere wasn't interested in a daughter for matrimony. Ray was more interested in Belle herself. And while marriage was certainly on the table for him... He was just as happy to be Bell's fuckboy boy in the meantime.
1: Ooh, all right. You know have to say, why go out and buy milk if you got milk and inside this man
3: that's living in your guest room? Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, Ray. He was a smallish guy, and although he was thirty-seven, Bell still had a good eleven years on her new farmhand. Mm, mature. And yes, you indeed. know the townsfolk—they got a good chuckle out of the thought of Ray giving it to Bell night after night. But Ray flipped it and <laughs> took every chance he could get to brag about how he was. Plowing the Widow Gunness. Ah, you think you guys
1: are all good, huh? Making your standard love, just putting the penis in the vagina. Ugh. Me? I can get all of me up in there. Um, and I just spin and I spin and I spin and I spin and she screams and she screams. I gotta say, I love being a farmhand. All
0: right, sir, so we're just in line here at this bagel store. Is there a reason why you're telling us the... The plight of the tiny man.
1: Because I am wet to the touch, and currently I am touching your shoulder, Michael.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But the thing was, from the reviews Bell got from both Ray and other farmhands, Bell was a bit of a wonder between the sheets. Really? Really? A different employee, a man named Peter Colson, he both worked for and slept with Belle Gunnis for over two years, and <laughs> he said that she would creep into his room at night, tiny little feet, mm-hmm. and quote, make love to him with sweet words and caresses. Oh yeah, dude. I think she had. I think she made love like a
1: mother cat. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, he said well, she, she
3: purred she's... like a cat. Really? Yeah.
1: She's cleaning all the fur. You know what I mean? Like it's like special attention. There's something about she likes her little snacks. She right. likes her little boy snacks, which is like, but they're not. I mean, they're men. They're yeah. they're full grown men. Our age. Yeah. But, you know, like, it'd be fun being treated like a little bonbon sure. by a huge woman.
0: It reminds <laughs> me of uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective when the woman, which I finally understood this better as I got older, when she pays him in a blowjob, mm. when she rescue, when he rescues her dog. Didn't understand
1: he just, what he was doing as no. a child. I did not know what was happening. <laughs> and then that he scene. puts his hands
0: up. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 That was a little <laughs> sex joke. I just thought that she was tickling his feet or something. <laughs> I, yes, didn't know yes, I didn't idea know what, what was happening. <laughs>
3: Well, this is what Peter Coulson added about Belle's bedtime habits in a direct quote. She was soft and gentle in her ways. I never saw such a woman. I never saw such a woman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there it is. A good pun.
3: And Ray Fear was digging in deep on the Gunness grounds in more ways than one. Really? He was going around town telling people that pretty soon... He was going to be the master of the farm, and everybody else could kiss his ass.
1: I'm going to trash all the wheat. I'm going to murder all the cows. You know what I'm putting in? A goddamn roller coaster because it's Daddy's farm now.
0: Wow. Everybody
1: come over to Daddy's farm where you're going to get, just you're going to scream yourself to death with enjoyment.
0: Interesting. It seems almost like small people may have a complex. Like a, like a, like a, like a, I don't know, like a complex would be like, I'm bigger than you think, you know, like something like that. By the way, Puffin almost got killed by a pit bull today, so be careful out there. Always. You pull
1: somebody's papers on the fucking yard, you gotta be able to fucking get over or they're gonna split
0: your
3: wig, bro. I
0: know, I know. It was his bad.
3: But Raylan Fear's dreams all died when Andrew Helgelin (sighs) showed up. Andrew was a 49-year-old wheat farmer from South Dakota who had previously done 10 years in the penitentiary for robbing the Red Wing Minnesota Post Office, then burning it down in an attempt to hide his crimes.
1: If you get rid of the building, the crimes no longer exist. (laughs) Whatever happened in there, you got to just delete the memory of the entire incident.
0: But can we just say, like, one thing is theft, the other thing is arson. Maybe just stick with the theft. (laughs) Yeah. Because all he did was double up his crime and make it a lot worse. Mm Mm-hmm. But this also showed Belle Gunness was very particular
1: about who she fucked and who she murdered, and she kept them very separate. She seemed to really only like fucking her employees, where she'd get the employees and she'd fuck them for a long time. Mm -hmm. There's something about sort of the transactional nature of them being an employee that she would let them live. Like the fact that she had multiple employees that she fucked and then let live is very interesting about how every single potential husband who showed up immediately died, where that's where Ray Lacombe actually got out pretty easy and he doesn't even understand what he was she just was such a master manipulator yeah
0: so this is the only time in human history for someone who has conducted an interview to ask the question fuck Mary kill and not have it be just like a super hacky question to three <laughs> podcasters who don't want to answer that question anymore
3: yes okay well, Andrew was, of course, a Norwegian immigrant, and it answered one of Bell's ads in a newspaper called the Minneapolis Tittendi, which I think <laughs> is... That the, is obviously it, it's, it's some kind of pronouncement. I don't know what that is.
0: Tittendi. You want to see the centerfold on that? <laughs> <laughs> Big piece of corn. Who? Corn of
1: the week? Yeah. I, think I can't wait just... to see the Minneapolis Tittendi. <laughs> <Tidend. laughs>
3: I think it's the word for newspaper. Oh. Because I know there's the Bergen Titindy. Oh, of course we all know about the Bergen tatindi. Yeah. <laughs> but while other men came running into Bell's arms after only a couple of letters, Andrew Helgelin proved the toughest fish to land. Ooh. Andrew and Bell corresponded with each other for eighteen months before Andrew finally set foot in La Porte. And in that time, Bell wrote between seventy-five and eighty letters begging him to come. Wow. Ooh, thirsty. Yes. Oh, yeah. See, from what we know from the few men who survived Bell Gunnis, there usually weren't more than a few letters exchanged between Bell and her victims before the victims came running because of either loneliness or greed. Mm. But as far as we know, Bell spent more time reeling in Andrew Helgeline than any other victim. And luckily for historians and our listeners alike, the vast majority of Bell's letters to Andrew actually survived.
1: Woohoo!
3: I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself and fast growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this, uh, Texas sage it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, Belle gave Andrew the big sales pitch right up top. She told him that she had a beautiful farm full of fruit trees right in the middle of a neighborhood where fancier folk had their summer homes. Wow. But she had her real home there. <laughs> that's, be- better yeah. at- that's, that's, that's better. That's even better.
1: Everyone knows that living in the- living at the vacation spot is so much better yeah. for people who know about living in Dubai, yes. where you're not just like workmen slaves for the rich people. Yeah.
3: It was 74 acres of paradise, Belle said, worth $400,000 in today's money, although both of those claims were gross exaggerations. Her actual claim was about half that. Okay. And besides just boasting about her own land, Belle made sure to lay it thick when it came to stroking Andrew's ego. Hmm. One of her letters read, in part,
1: You impress me with being a good man with a strong and honest character. A real genuine Norwegian in every respect. And it is difficult to find such a man and not every woman appreciates. There are plenty of these American dudes around here. But I would not even look at them, no matter how often they ask me. Ooh.
2: Ooh. Mm, Gunther.
1: <laughs> Can you hear me press in my bosom?
0: Um, did they call th- so they called them dudes back
3: then? Yeah, d- well, dude was an insult. Is that right? Yeah, dude a originally boy. like punk. Like, it, you punk know what was it,
0: also originally an insult. My father told me, for some reason, this is the piece of information he traveled down the line. A dude is a hair on an elephant's butt. Huh. That's what he said. Now, granted, he also believes that Jesus Christ is the king. And uh, <laughs> at this point, the world should have already ended. But that is one thing that he did tell me.
1: Yeah, it's like my father only ever taught me one thing. Uh, in Polish, he's like, Well, the only thing you gotta know, Henry Thomas, is that uh, is the Baji Dupa, yeah, dupa, kiss my ass in
3: Polish, yeah.
0: yep, that's all he says, yeah.
3: My grandfather used to tell me that a dude was a guy with uh, underwear that was full of holes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think
0: we were ever told the truth, none of us. <laughs> wow, I had to learn how to shave from a magazine,
3: <laughs> really, yep. Now, usually, these types of sentiments were enough to lure a man out to LaPorte, where he would soon be stripped of all his worldly belongings and murdered with either a hatchet or a meat cleaver before being sliced into six separate pieces and buried in the hog pen. Jeez. But Andrew was playing hard to get. So Belle started playing up the romantic aspect. Here's an example of her switch in tone, written in a letter that came just a month after correspondence began. mm, mm. Mm.
1: I long so to know you better, but I will try to wait with the patience until you get here. (laughs) I have now thrown away all other answers I got and keep all of yours in a secret place by themselves. (laughs) Can the hero hear me squeeze? (laughs) You truly do not know how highly I prize them, as I have not found anything so genuinely Norwegian. And real In all the 20 years I have been in America
0: Oh my goodness So Norwegian <laughs> yeah. Come to me Come, to bed. Come now Wow Look at that That's a hard sell mm-hmm. Yes indeed Very good I'm compelled I seem to have spilt A bunch of
1: honey On my chair
2: oh no. <laughs> It
1: comes from a crevice <laughs> Yikes
3: But with every letter, Belle had a similar refrain. Take all your money out of the bank and come to Laporte as soon as possible.
1: Oh, you know you just take all your money out. (laughs) Oh, you bring it to me. Mm, Nothing bad will happen.
0: Nothing at all. Come to me. (laughs) Come to this. Yes.
3: And she had one other strange request that gave Andrew a little pause. Bell said that his moving to Laporte would be all the sweeter if it came as a total and complete surprise to everyone. Wow! So it was paramount that she not tell a single soul, not even his family. Wow! Because that would just be so. Romantic. That is it so romantic. It. It. it would ruin it, it.
0: It
1: would ruin it if anybody knew your location or your whereabouts. <laughs> it
0: yes, would ruin it. absolutely. <laughs> and did right. you see
1: this man with one of those Amish beards, with long, with a pipe, let's say, a, a big straw hat, just looking at these letters, being like, this fucking chick. <laughs> She's going to fucking kill me. (laughs) And I love it. I
3: absolutely love it. And she also made sure to tell him to come alone. Mm. Because she said it would be best if they were alone at the beginning. Of course it would be. Sending a not so subtle hint that there would be plenty of alone time activities waiting for when he showed up. Oh, uh, Bell, my friend Harry is actually a cock. Is, okay? is it okay if I bring a cuck?
1: Yeah, he can watch us make the bouncy.
0: <laughs> oh, he loves that. Don't
1: come on my beautiful tiny feet.
3: <laughs> I couldn't hit him if I tried, Bell. And Bell wasn't shy with the double entendres either. In one letter, she wrote, quote, we shall be so happy once you get here. Then
1: I will make a cream pudding quote unquote, oh. and many other are good things. With <laughs> <laughs> mm, my downstairs stove. Yeah, your downstairs my stove. My downstairs stove making the bouncy. That's going to be
0: the where the cream pudding is being created your downstairs, oh, downstairs you stove. Oh, you know.
1: You know it to be true. Come to bed.
2: <laughs> Come to me. <laughs>
3: oh. Belle always made sure to hit on the promise of a little slice of Norway right in the middle of Indiana. When Andrew delayed his departure in December of nineteen oh six, she wrote quote, Who will eat all this Norwegian codfish and cream pudding and enjoy all
1: the pleasures I have planned?
0: Was that another double entendre as she masturbated?
3: Oh, I guess no, I No, I have
1: made food and I'm going to let it sit for several months while you take the boat to America. It is a Norwegian way.
3: <laughs> but when Andrew delayed his departure again in September, Bell went for the Hail Mary. Uh-oh.
1: Make up your mind as soon as possible as to what you really intend to do. In your next letter, let me have the great happiness to hear that you are soon on your way here. As then I will be the happiest, and I will know that I have found the best friend in the world.
0: I thought you were gonna say she posed in a picture that would be the centerfold of Cherry Magazine. <laughs> yeah,
1: dude, <laughs> that she just good. Hail Mary. She did the same exact George Costanza pose that he does <laughs> in his
0: erotic picture.
3: <laughs> And with that, Bell got him. Andrew either forgot about or ignored all of the red flags that had been popping up over the last 18 months. Okay. And there was more. She also insisted that he leave not a single cent behind and Ugh. that he should sell everything and bring all of the cash carefully sewn into his underwear. Oh, my
1: goodness. He can't resist it, man. That's a uh, passionate woman. She can- wants all of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of your money. That's a part of it. But she's going to make the bouncy bouncy, and she's going to cover you in cream pudding, and you're going to get all the salted codfish that you want on a bunch of fruit trees. I guess that's that's good then. I that mean, was a big could, thing then. Yeah, it
3: could be good. <laughs> and so Andrew Helgeline came to La Porte in January of 1908, and as soon as Andrew arrived, Belle tossed her old fuck buddy Ray Lamphere aside Without even so much as an explanation Oh, that's sad Ray later said, quote
1: After he came She had no use for old Ray
2: oh. <laughs> I tell you what I'll
1: wait forever For that sweet, sweet, bouncy, bouncy She's got me hooked God damn it, I love salted cod
0: It used to make me throw up it's Now okay. I love it It's okay, Ray, it'll get
3: better As such, Ray went from sleeping in the upstairs guest bedroom to making his own straw bed in the barn Literally overnight. So he's guess just...
1: Guess I'll be sleeping with the pigs then, huh? <laughs> oh, I guess Ray doesn't have a place in the house anymore, huh? But well, I hope you have a good time having a husband. <laughs> oh, Belle, I was good enough for you. I'm smart. I'm
0: smart. You could have put me in charge of things. Good Lord, that's... Cr- <clears throat> so it's like, the, it's like the movie Get Out, where he was like no longer the prized guy, mm-hmm. and now he had to just
3: go watch... Uh, This other dude just lived his life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, what was more, Bell wouldn't even let Ray talk to Andrew Helgelin. About this, Ray said, quote, She gave me the dickens and told me to leave him
1: alone. What? The dickens? Gave him the dickens. He's giving her the dickens, (laughs) and I got the dickens sleeping out with the goddamn pigs. Well, I hope you don't do
0: any dickens in there. That's very dangerous and bad.
3: But pretty soon, Bell discovered that Andrew had not taken her advice to bring every cent he was worth in cash. Uh-oh. Andrew had brought about $3,000 in deposit certificates. So, after waiting all of three days, Bell forced Andrew into town to cash the deposit certificates at the local bank. Oh. But much to Bell's displeasure, it would be five more days before the certificates could be cashed. Oh. That meant that Belle, who was used to taking down her prey within the first couple of nights, had to spend almost two weeks entertaining Andrew and keeping up the facade that she wasn't going to immediately murder him the moment she got the money.
0: Honestly, that is really hard for her. That <laughs> it is, is hard for her. This is full-on Debbie and Fester. It really <laughs> right is. Now. Like,
1: her having to, like, milk him, like, having to be nice to him, just being like... <laughs> Yeah, if he can make the bouncy, bouncy again. <laughs> and he's just like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, this is the best time. I love America. And then it's just like, because apparently she also slowly feed them poison and oranges. That's another one of those folk tales Ooh. that you wonder because oranges are very rare. Yeah.
2: Okay. Live from your grave.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How many platforms do I work on? So many platforms, can you believe it? Google Docs, work on that. Very complicated. Lots of different things going out. Clickety-clack, right? Slack, saying things to my employees. All, my, all my, my main dolgers walking around here. Make sure it changes cluck to the word I meant for it to say to everyone. But I try to say... Not curse words on Slack. What am I supposed to do about it? But Grammarly doesn't fix curse words, does it? Because Grammarly's too good for it. It's too classy. It's, Grammarly is an AI writing partner that helps you get work done faster with high quality writing. Because better writing means a stronger impact. The pen is mightier than the sword. Except when the sword is in the room. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing and suggestions based on your audience goals and context. Can you believe it? and data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly. It's in its guts. All right, so Grammarly's great. Use it. I use it. I love its gentle harassment of my writing style because it does help me because sometimes my thumbs are faster than my eyeballs. Don't quote me on that. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
3: Right from your grave. On January 14th, Bell Gunnis got the money. $2,839 went into Bell's pockets that morning, half in cash and half in coin. And on that same day, Bell sent Ray on a horse trade errand. Which cleared the house of adults. So just go, go trade out that horse with another horse, would you? Like that's yeah, that's just... what a horse trade era. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. She's just...
1: uh, but I love Derek. Derek <laughs> yeah. is that's my favorite of our brown horses. Yeah, I just trade him out with another horse. Oh, they're not just tradable. They each have their own personalities. Mm. You don't even sleep in the barn. You don't know what these animals are like. I don't want to
0: break this to you, but your great, great, great grandson loves Pokemon Go.
1: Oh, no. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's genetic. <laughs> and besides Belle and possibly the kids, because remember, there were three children knocking around the house this whole time. Jeez. Ray Lamphere was the last person to see Andrew Helgeline alive. When it came to murdering Andrew, Bell, didn't even wait until that night to do the deed. So as we said, while we don't know exactly how Belle Gaunas killed her victims, there are theories. Some victims we know Belle poisoned because investigators found arsenic in the stomachs of the bodies they eventually dug out of Bell's hog pits. Mm. But it wasn't the arsenic that killed them. It seems like the arsenic was just either a way to lay them in low or to make their death that much worse hmm.
1: i think it's, it's she got pleasure i think she got pleasure out of the pain that they were in but it was to make sure she's smart yeah she didn't want to fucking struggle yeah he's not trying to fucking like this is
3: not a battle to the fucking death here all no. right
1: this is your death yeah mm-hmm.
3: it's not a battle to the death but if your death involves a lot of blood It's going to make Belle really happy. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Oh, her little slippery, tiny feet slipping on all the blood.
3: Well, it's thought that as as the men were dying in agony, Belle would approach them in their beds and take either a meat cleaver or a hatchet to the skull of Mm. the victims to finish them off.
0: She didn't need to do that. No, could have done without that. Definitely (laughs) didn't need that. No
3: way. No,
1: she just double tapped. She would double tap to make sure that they were
3: done. Okay. Then, after the murder, the bodies would be taken to either her cellar or her abattoir, where they would be dismembered into disposable chunks. Not unlike Canadian serial killer robert picton she also had pig sense
1: yeah because she knew that the pigs were actually just getting more succulent Mm. every single time she got married so these pigs are getting bigger and rounder and she's making the best sausages in town right it's an investment in herself
0: i wonder if the pigs knew they were doing something wrong you know because animals do know i don't think they're supposed to eat human flesh I think pigs I think are supposed pi- to eat whatever they want. I think the pigs knew she was up to no
3: good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they weren't complaining. No,
0: definitely. They were, they were getting theirs.
3: See, even though pigs are technically smarter than dogs, they I are. think a dog would feel worse about eating a human than a pig would.
1: Mm. I think I actually agree with Marcus's hot take.
3: Okay, we'll yep. have to ask a pig. <laughs> but the thing is with Andrew, though... Is that he seemed to be a different case. Now, maybe Belle knew that she only had the day to kill Andrew until Ray got back from the horse errand. Right. But I think it's possible that after 18 months of courtship and almost two weeks of playing nice, Belle just lost her shit. It was Andrew Helgeline's body who bore the defensive wounds we mentioned in the first episode. And judging from the state of his dismembered body, it's probable that Belle attacked him head-on with a full steam of rage and a meat cleaver in her hand.
1: Whoa, scary. You're sitting down to dinner, because I bet you at this point, you've built up almost like a schedule, where Belle would make you breakfast, and she's working the field, and you're looking over the land, and you're having a nice time. And I bet you it would be she'd come home, make dinner. He's enjoying himself. He's the king of this castle. He's about to fucking own this whole farm. And then finally she gets back from the bank. Yeah. And instead of the normal pep pep pep, 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 you hear jingle, 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 jingle. She's covered in coins. <laughs> she's got a whole fucking sack of his money. And she puts it down, and he's just like, Oh, we will have our dinner now. And then it's just like, fuck you,
2: Andrew. <laughs> she comes and just, wait, 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 wait,
1: wait.
3: Yeah. And also, the longer that Andrew Halgeline was alive, the more there was a chance that he was going to find evidence of the previous 10 murders. Mm, that's uh, going to be a creepy day on the farm. Yeah, because there's, you know, they're filled in the hog pits. There's an entire room full of men's clothing. And trunks, yeah, like, There's evidence all over the place. And all it takes is for uh, all it takes is for Andrew to open the wrong door one day, or to Ooh. just go down into the cellar and see that the cellar is covered in blood.
1: What we didn't really even cover that in the last episode because it's true. She had one room filled with luggage and clothes and pictures of dozens of men, mm-hmm. and you know that happened to at least a couple of them, where they just were like. Oh, what's in here? This is going to be my house. Cool. <laughs> I wonder what kind of room. This is supposed to be some kind of billiards room. And then that... that
2: uh,
1: just bump, bump. Bump, bump. As each eye connects, like, sees all the luggage <laughs> yeah. and all the pictures and all the shit. And then it just, boom, in the back of the head.
3: Well, we know that Bell killed Andrew that day. Because when Ray returned that night, quote, to see what the old lady was up to... Oh, Really? Andrew Helgeline was gone, never to be seen again until a shovel turned out his butchered body. Ooh.
1: So Andrew went to California as well. It didn't seem like he's much of a tanner, you know what I mean, or no. much of a movie star. So I don't really know what uh, why he's going west. But I tell you what, it's good to be back in the saddle again. Woo.
0: But this dude had to know something was going on, right? The, uh, the far, her Cato her Kalen, yeah, she, he had he to. He will. We will talk about this. This is this is
1: heavily debated. Yeah. in the uh, by gunnys heads. That's yeah. what we'll call them.
0: They're called Gunness uh, because heads.
1: We don't. <laughs> this doesn't, doesn't even call. work. <laughs> we don't know whether or not he was an accomplice, but it seems to be. I mean, she kept him around for a reason. Yeah, right. right.
3: I think she kept him around to fuck, and to work his farm. I don't know. I mean, honestly, she must have needed some companionship. <laughs> and with that murder, Bell added Andrew's life savings to her already large pile of cash. To give you some perspective, a newspaper added up the total sum of Bell's ill-gotten gains after the discovery of her crimes. They came to a figure of $1.2 million. What? In today's money, good for making her. that paper, making but that's
0: making that paper.
3: But that's also with you know the all the insurance payouts from her first two husbands, right. which weren't a ti- wasn't a tidy sum, but or wasn't like a small sum, but still, even after that, she would have had to have made like about eight hundred grand from her other victims. Oh
0: gee, and when I said good for her, I really don't mean good for her.
3: But over seven years
0: it
1: kind of like it cuts down. Mm-hmm. So you can see why she kept needing to feed the need to feed the the bank what? account. But what was she spending all this money on? They didn't even, they didn't have entertainment. What did she She's what, maintenance on the farm? Cuz I don't know how successful the farm was. The whole thing could have been operating in the red. The whole thing could have been like a a murdering husband version of Netflix. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Now, Andrew did indeed take one of Bell's pieces of advice in keeping his move to Laporte a closely held secret. He didn't even tell his own brother that he was moving. jeez, but Andrew did leave quite the trail of evidence behind
0: ooh like little like little candies. <laughs>
3: See, when no one heard from Andrew for almost two weeks, both his friends and family started getting concerned. Yeah. So a farmhand named John Holth, who'd been charged with looking after Andrew's livestock, started poking around Andrew's cabin. And eventually, Holth found dozens upon dozens of relatively steamy letters full of promises of land and love from a stout, mysterious woman in the Port, Indiana, who called herself... (laughs) Bella Gunnis. Mm. He's looking at these letters, and he falls in love himself.
2: Indeed,
0: the original. This, this is
1: the dream woman.
0: Yes, this is dream. This is beautiful. This is what really. This is what actual penthouse forum letters are. <laughs> They're not so steamy. It doesn't end up in a wonderful threesome. Mm-hmm. Usually, it ends up in mierder.
3: Well, pretty soon, Azel Helgelin, Andrew's brother, started writing Belle to ask just what the fuck happened to Andrew. As always, though, Bell stonewalled Azel at every turn with a steady torrent of make up bullshit. Mm. She wrote that she'd also like to know where Andrew had run off to. Well, it's funny you say that. Where is
1: Andrew? <laughs> hey is Andrew? Everybody's asking some question of where is Andrew because I don't know either. Yeah.
3: Wow. Flip it and reverse it. Mm-hmm. She said as far as she knew, Andrew had either gone to Chicago or New York to look for the other Helgelen brother, the notorious professional gambler. Oh. Meanwhile, Belle was also dealing with fallout from, Lay Lam- from Ray Lamphere, who was understandably still feeling a bit jilted.
1: Now, I'm not just me, okay? No. Yeah, I got
3: a nine-inch hog,
1: and I got an easy attitude, and I'm great at plowing both the field and your sweet, sweet as sweet, sweet Bell. God, I love you. But I tell you what. This is the last to me. All right? Because I'm going myself really to California, and I'm
0: going to sing. Oh, very nice. He's like the girlfriend from
3: Wayne's World. He's like, if
0: you're not careful. You're going to lose me. Lost you three months ago.
3: So on February 3rd, Ray either quit or got fired from the Gunness Farm, and Bell pretty quickly replaced him with a guy named Joe Maxon.
1: Mm. Oh, you're going to replace me with some guy named Joe, huh? <laughs> oh, it's some guy named Joe. <laughs>
3: well, smart money is probably on Ray quitting over a wage dispute, because over the coming weeks and months, Ray embarked on a campaign of skulking around the Gunness Farm in an attempt to recoup his wages and to get his stuff back.
1: Oh my Hell god! Oh yeah, I found a bunch of potatoes in the garbage. I can resell these at the fair.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you play Borderlands and you have to do all the side missions yeah. because people are thirsty.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, like you don't think Bell, who is an actual supervillain, can't see him skulking, skulking around, just like looking through curtains, is watching Ray. Like yeah, nobody could see me. Huh? <laughs> like cartoonishly tiptoeing, <laughs> like trying to take whatever it is a nail down. She's like. Oof, said Ray. I love him. (laughs) Look at him steal. He is a man after my own heart.
3: Aww. Well, finally, Bell had enough and called up the local sheriff, Sheriff Smutzer. And had Ray... (laughs) Oh, God,
0: so much liverwurst. The amount of liverwurst that Sheriff Smutzer has consumed is really (laughs)
3: remarkable. And Smutzer had Ray arrested for trespassing, for which Ray was fined. One dollar. Whoa, that's such a cute amount
0: of money. <laughs> You're fined one dollar. Like, oh, I'm almost happy I did I it. I guess I won't
1: get a lollipop today. Cool, thanks. Here's your
3: dollar. But Ray still didn't stop. And so, in late March 1908, Bell filed an affidavit alleging that Ray Lamphere was insane. <gasps> now Bell is starting to discover that love is the most dangerous game of all. Indeed. Mm-hmm. She claimed that Ray came to her house at night, usually drunk, and just looked through the windows. <laughs> and when asked to describe his mental state, she said that he was silent, melancholy, restless, seclusive, dull, profane, filthy, intemperate, sleepless, mm. and criminal. You think, you think he's cool for
1: you? Here you go, you're gonna fuck some guy named Joe? <laughs> <laughs> you think Joe's gonna... Joe is going to fill the luggage room. <laughs> He's going to move all the luggage around in the luggage room. So it all looks in a fucking way. Are you fucking like it? Are you fucking... Tiny footed bits. <laughs> You're a fucking tiny footed bits, and I'm gonna say it out loud because wow, I finally have a fucking wow. say it. You got great tits and you got a wonderful attitude love loving shit out of you. You got tiny feet and I oh, I wanna kiss him. I still love you, Bill. You know that for a fact.
0: Derailed, Ray. Derailed on that. Sounds like the first friend of yours that really gets into the cure. Like, God, listen to it. I'm like, I don't wanna be sad with you right now.
3: Well, this report was actually enough for a formal hearing, even though Ray's physician dr bowell said that ray was just fine it's fine i took a look at ray yeah Ray. i spent
1: a lot of time we went up to the greyhound together the greyhound station and uh, i checked his asshole six seven times in the bathroom i gotta say only two or three of those times i had shit in it so.
0: wow uh, i don't know what you want from me i'm just a doctor do you check a lot of patients buttholes at the uh, old greyhound station there doctor
3: Just when they pay me. (laughs) (laughs) But still, a three-member insanity committee had to be formed to examine Ray Lamphere officially. They said his memory was good, his speech was intelligent and coherent, and while he was not perfectly sane because he was, quote, slightly nervous, Mm. he was not insane. Okay. So... They let him go.
1: Y'all should be nervous because her sweet, sweet crevice is going to make some cream pudding that it's going to make all y'all slaves like it did to me. Whoa. Right? It's coming for you next. You think you're immune to a beautiful Norweed with her sweet, sweet bosoms and her salted cod. I swear to God, I'm going to burn this courthouse down.
0: Yep. well, <laughs> I wish we could go back and say he was crazy. but
1: the <laughs> Yeah, sentence... too late. No take season. <laughs> yeah, no,
3: I know. We have the no take backsie rule. Of course, this whole episode just made things worse, and Belle had Ray arrested again in early April, and that charge actually went to trial, during which Belle claimed that she saw Ray skulking around her pig pen, and when she tried to shoo him away, he pulled a fence post out of the ground and ran <laughs> off with it. Uh, yeah, you think kind oh, of, you're the only one?
1: You? you think the only one is in charge here? i have a charge, too. I'm taking this. That's the size of him. I'm just
0: going to steal this massive inconvenience from me, and I'm going to run to send you a message. I'm running away with it.
3: But Bell's campaign against Ray was starting to backfire. See, even though witnesses put Ray at another farm at the time of Bell's fence post story, Ray's attorney figured that maybe Ray needed a little extra push to get an acquittal. Mm -hmm. So, to destroy Bell's credibility, Ray's defense attorney started asking questions (gasps) about Bell's checkered past. Interesting. Ooh, it's always the fucking money. It's always always the money
1: Mm -hmm. that does it.
3: He asked about Peter Gunnis's mysterious death, hmm. Mad Sorensen's mysterious death, <laughs> and the suddenness of her daughter's move to California to quote unquote go to college. Yeah. And all this time, Belle was not only writing letters to more men, but was also continuing her game with Azel Helgeline. She told Azel that Andrew had sent her a letter from Chicago, but when Azel asked for the letter, Bell told him that Ray Lamphere had stolen it. Of course he did
0: it, along with that
3: fence post. <laughs> Absolutely. Ray <clears throat> Lamphere is the
1: Hamburglar.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, Azel didn't buy it and kept asking questions and sending letters. Now, it was obvious to Bell that Azel wasn't going to give up. And it was only a matter of time before Azel showed up in Laporte himself. Mm. And Azel was not going to keep it quiet where he was headed to. Furthermore, the townsfolk were starting to finally connect a few dots after Bell's dirty laundry was laid out plain for all to see during Ray Lamphere's trespassing trial. Mm. In other words... The end was coming. Oh,
1: yeah,
0: man! The fucking net, the net was dropping, and And she was watching it all happen. mm -hmm. So she really made a mistake. She put herself under oath. I would assume, right? Was she on the stand?
3: Well, it wasn't that. It wasn't even necessary that it was under oath. It was just now with when it became clear to everyone, like, oh, people around Bell Gunnis tend to end up dead, right? A lot, and there's been a lot of cousins coming to the house and no one's seen them leave. Everyone's seen them get there, but no one's seen them leave. So finally the Midwestern politeness is starting to break down to the point where it's like, we may actually have to arrest this woman.
0: Oh, but to be fair, the cream pudding is very good. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's fucking salty.
3: But Belle Gunnis was
1: one of those, she truly was very smart. She truly was Mm. uh, an actual villain. And she knew that the one thing that her plan could not abide was eyeballs. Yeah. yeah eyeballs so. looking at her shit. She needed to operate in quiet and private. Mm. And which is why she killed every single person that had any sort of connection to her bullshit mm. except for Ray, who I think she just also had a weird fucked up moonlighting kind of scenario with, where she was suing him and doing all this shit, but she would also kind of goad him. The two of them were kind of in this lock back and forth, mm. where I, I think Ray knew a lot of shit that was going on too, but he actually Mm-mm. was kind of a, happy to be a part of it. Yeah,
0: it seems like the closest relationship she's ever had.
3: But I think the fact that Ray was not killed shows you that Ray doesn't ha- didn't have anything to do with it. Because if Ray did have something to do with it, if Ray did have knowledge, she would have just fucking murdered him and not had any compunction about it. Maybe she thought he was too dumb to convince anyone that he was telling the truth. But
1: think about this. How she went to the law... It's so interesting that she actually used the police. The last people she should be speaking to, the last people she probably wants to be speaking to, there's there's a weird emotional connection. Like, it's almost shows the suing him was almost a proxy of murdering him, mm-hmm. where she didn't want to kill him for some reason. Yeah, and
0: Maybe it was also in her mind, she's like, there's no way they could think I murdered all these people. Why would I call the
3: police? Yeah. I'm just a good gal. Yeah, could be. Okay. No matter what Ray Fear's tr- role was in all this, it became clear to Bell that something had to be done. <gasps> but to this day, what Bell did exactly is still a mystery that mm. nobody, not even Harold Schecter, has ever been able to solve. Wow. All we know, or at least what we think we know, is that Bell had a plan. In late April 1908, Gunnis told a clerk at the dry goods store that Ray Lamphere was perfectly capable of murdering Belle and her children or for setting fire to the Gunnis home, mm. which struck the dry goods clerk as an oddly specific thing to say. <laughs> yeah, very specific. It's really, <laughs> yes.
1: really specific. Yes, yes it's really, Especially really to specific. someone that
3: is little more than an acquaintance.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just being like, Ray Lamb fears my, fr- he works on my farm. I sometimes fuck him. Oh, you guys fuck? He's going to kill me. He's <laughs> going to uh-huh. kill my children. He's going to set fire to the house. Wait a second, you're fucking Ray? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> then, on the morning of April 27th, Bell Gunnis's two young daughters, Myrtle and Lucy, came to school highly distressed, <gasps> saying they'd been beaten by their mother that morning for almost going into the cellar. Turned out, the girls had been forbidden from even going close to the door. But on that morning, they'd forgotten the long-standing decree, and it started making their way downstairs. Uh-oh. But before they got to the bottom... Belle discovered the incursion and dragged them back upstairs where they got a scolding and a beating, which, surprisingly, was not common behavior for Belle. Hmm. It was out of character for her. It's a part of her game. Look
1: at BTK with his daughters. Look at all, all of these people that had whole, full-on families. Gary
3: Ridgeway had family. They didn't fuck with their families. Mm-hmm. And the next day, Belle's behavior got even more suspicious. She paid a visit to her lawyer... Melvin E. Lelleter and told him that Ray was threatening to burn down the house Mm. and as such she wanted to make a will. Belle left everything to her children Myrtle, Lucy and Philip but this struck the lawyer as somewhat odd because Belle failed to mention her fourth child who had quote-unquote gone to college and was now quote-unquote Getting married. Whoa. It's also weird how she kept doing the air quotes. <laughs> yeah, she kept
1: doing that as she spoke. I
3: just seems to I, mean, I guess it's a weird Norwegian quirk. I guess so. But should but Belle said, should the children also somehow die? I don't know, they might die. Why are you moving your arms like that, (laughs) ma'am?
0: Why are you acting like it's some kind of hypothetical?
3: One day, this will be an I don't know emoji. (laughs) You don't know that yet, though. Belle wrote that all of her money was to go to the Norwegian children's home of Chicago. And after making the will, Belle went to the store and bought candy, cake, and a toy train for the kids as a, quote, Little surprise. Oh. oh no. This is great. As long as their kids are Neil Young, they're gonna <laughs> love that model train. <laughs> and finally, Bell bought a bunch of groceries and two gallons of kerosene. Hmm.
2: Huh. Whoa, what a-
3: <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Weird. And it was while Belle was paying for the groceries and the kerosene that who should walk into the store. Ray Lamphere. Oh my
0: God! In a town of five so, people, you will run into each other. You
3: fuck everybody.
1: It's so—it's like a big town, but it's a small town. You know what I mean? It's like everybody knows everybody. And Ray Lamphere. What about walking Oh my God! Walking in with your ex. Your ex is right there. Oh. You spot two gallons of kerosene. Yikes. And you just see each other, and sh- they kind of wink, and they kind of give a knowing smile. You know what I mean? You yeah, know, they but... didn't
3: wink and give a knowing smile. <laughs> I don't You're know. making don't... that
1: up. <laughs> Telling stories. <laughs> Weaving tales. Indeed, indeed.
3: <laughs> so well, he just walks in. It was said that Ray did nothing more than silently watch her untie her horse and leave for home. They did not interact with each other. They oh. didn't look at each other. It was like the other didn't exist.
1: Bell, wait. Bell, wait a second. Don't you remember when you told me you loved me,
2: baby? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Said you'd be coming
1: back this spring, and Belle, no. Oh, that lucky horse.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Single tear, sad. By the next morning, though, Belle Gunnis's quote-unquote fears about Ray Lamphere would be realized. <gasps> For the Gunnis home would be nothing more but a heap of ash and rubble.
2: Fly right from your grave. Ah,
1: Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com And they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace. The first thing she did was, "What did you do?" But afterwards, she was so happy to have it, and she loved it, and she wore it when we went on vacation. And my own, did everybody come around being like, "Where'd you get that piece, you beautiful woman?" And almost like stop talking to my wife. She's spoken for. You can see it with the Blue Nile bling she's got on her. Right now, get fifty dollars off your purchase of five hundred dollars or more with code. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled dot com slash l e f t. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: Right from your grave. According to farmhand Joe Maxson, the fire began at about 4 a.m. He said that he was asleep in the upstairs guest bedroom and had at first assumed that Bell was just burning breakfast. But when Joe awoke fully, he realized that the whole house was filled with smoke. So he made his way outside. and he tried going back in for Belle and the kids, but while he was trying to break down the front door with an axe, because the way he'd come out was now presumably impassable, mm. part of the roof collapsed. <gasps> Neighbors soon arrived and used a ladder to climb to Belle's bedroom for rescue, but they found that the bed was empty. Uh-oh. So, by this point, all that was left to do was to let the fire burn out to see just how many of the Gunnesses were dead.
0: Now it's 1906 for you. Just, well, all we can do now is let it burn down. No way we can stop this fire. There's nothing wet. There's no way we get it like a water or nothing like that. No, we just nah, watch nah, it down. Nah.
1: Let it get tired. Yeah. Our
3: big
0: thing
1: is we let fire get tired.
3: I've heard that. That's a good technique. By the time the flames died down a few hours later... There was nothing left but three brick walls and a pile of rubble. Now it was immediately clear to investigators that the fire was man-made because the fire had obviously been started at where else but the cellar door using what else but a shitload of kerosene. Mm. Oh, weird. Interesting. <laughs> weird. Weird. Some naturally suspected Bell, but Sheriff Smutzer <gasps> immediately set his sights on Ray Lamphere because Bell had made sure to voice her concerns often and loudly over the previous few days.
0: See, nothing gets past Sheriff Smelcher. (laughs) He knows exactly what's going on here.
3: Digging began for the bodies of Belle and her children almost immediately, while the ruins were still smoldering. And about 12 hours after the fire began, a shovel hit something soft. When the bodies were uncovered... It looked to investigators as if Bell had thrown a quilt over the bodies of the children to try and protect them from the flames, but it was all for naught, as all four bodies had burned beyond recognition.
0: Yeah, I mean that's not gonna it's it's a flammable it's a a quilt
3: is well, you, not gonna stop a fire. You die from smoke inhalation before you die you don't die from the actual fire itself. If you die in a fire, but, usually you die from smoke inhalation. But isn't first. it? But also just go psychologically,
1: take- with psychologically with serial killers, if you see A lot of times if they do that and they hide the faces of the victims, it's almost a it is a an attempt to keep them from looking at you, that the corpses, in a way, if you cover the face of your victim, you can't see what you're doing anymore. It's been done.
3: But Bal liked looking in the faces of her victims.
1: I don't know. But then there are things that also stuff like this feels like a move to this is a practical killing. Yeah, this is practical. Yeah. If uh, we'll, we'll get into obviously, you know what's going to happen here, but this is this is her trying to clean shit up. This is not pleasure mm-hmm. for me. That's my opinion. Yeah, I am.
3: I'll agree. But the strangest thing had happened. While the children's bodies were largely intact, the body of the woman that was assumed to be <laughs> Gunnis was missing one very important part. Mm. The body was Missing its head.
0: Okay, now we got a problem. Where's the head, <laughs> Ray?
1: I don't know. I didn't you know. What are you talking about? Yeah. I, I've never sawed a damn thing in my life. I'm not even good at
3: sawing wood.
2: Oh. <laughs> I'm a bad farmhand.
3: Well, yeah, and Ray Lanfear was caught and officially arrested for arson and murder almost immediately after the discovery of the gunus bodies. Um, you guys gotta be fucking kidding me. This is
1: absolute. You mean you are the dumbest cops I have ever seen? <laughs> all I do is eat pussy. Oh, That's all I do.
0: Really? I <gasps> stole
1: a post. You all did, right. You Hang did me. steal the post. So they did do? you, sir. Put me in solitary confinement for being in love. <laughs> Go ahead.
3: Now, Ray did have an alibi for that night. On the night of the is fire. Ray had actually been having sex with a 70-year-old woman named Elizabeth Smith, mm. whom Harold Schechter described as, quote, spindle-shanked.
0: Oh, oh, I don't know what spindle-shanked is, but very interesting.
3: Very evocative.
0: It, it is. It is. It is.
3: <laughs> It is. Now, now I'm not going to utter her extremely racist local nickname here, but her race, since she was the daughter of former slaves, played a part in how the people of Laporte ended up perceiving Ray Lampfear. Mm. He just liked him old, man. He did. That's what I, mean, that's what I think Schechter said or somebody else said, that, like, he just liked maternal figures. Okay. He liked being taken care of.
1: You know what it was? I'm going to straight up say... It's because I love pancakes. <laughs> and there's just something about a woman that's got them built in, you know?
3: Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, although Elizabeth swore that Ray was with her that night, this admission gave Ray less credibility oh no because he had admitted to having sex with an old black lady which even though it proved he couldn't have set the fire or killed the gunnesses somehow made it more possible that he committed the crime oh, i'm a connoisseur of nanas all right i'm an
1: i am an abuela liquor i absolutely love it and i'm not ashamed of it if you want to say oh the wolf would come to the old lady's house and eat her and take on her clothes i would just make love to the old woman mm. all right let's just Let's just have it
3: out. Nice wolf, yeah. As such, Ray's charge stuck, and the trial date was set for May 11th. Meanwhile, an autopsy had begun on the supposed body of Belle Gunnis, although the head was still missing. <gasps> and even then, the body was in terrible shape. The left arm was burned off to the upper third of the humerus, mm. the right arm was burned off at the shoulder, and the left leg was burned off at the knee. Now, they did make sure to add, though... That all the intestines, quote, appeared normal except cooked. Okay, Ooh. cooked intestines. Haggis. But at the same time that the supposed gunnest was being prodded in the back room of a Laporte doctor's office, Azel Helgeline was continuing his search for his brother. Azel had gotten a hold of the Laporte police chief who had confirmed Andrew had been seen last in Laporte. Azel then mailed a picture of his brother to a teller at the Laporte bank who also confirmed he'd seen Andrew. Mm. And it was that same teller that mailed Azel a letter on May 1st telling Azel that the Gunness place had burned to the ground and Belle Gunness herself was presumed dead dead oh my
1: this is very similar to me in a turn of events of like dear zachary mm, yeah where the 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 event started one place and all of a sudden you just thought all of the mm-hmm. i mean this all just seemed fucked up to begin with oh and yeah you find out like so the house burned down and everybody's dead this is a little fishy
3: yeah oh i would think so And that's when azel finally decided he'd better head out to laporte himself Azil arrived two days later to find only two people still searching for the skull of the supposed Gunness, Joe Maxson and Daniel Hudson. But Azil didn't really care about the skull of Belle Gunnis. By this point, Azil had pretty much already surmised that Belle had murdered her brother. Like, he'd already come to that conclusion. Right. So, Azel asked Maxson if any large holes had been dug that spring.
1: You know, but what do you mean by large? Do you mean, like, how,
3: how big is it?
1: I mean, I want to be, like, a lawyer about holes here, but, like, it seems like, what do you mean? You mean large? Like, I think you could put a bucket in? Oh, you mean large? Like, you think you could put, like, six or seven buckets
0: in? Interesting. Maybe six or seven buckets.
1: Oh, you're talking about the bodies. With the bodies are. <laughs> No,
0: i take them there. I'll take you there. Okay.
3: And that's when Maxon brought Azel to the hogs. Oh. The two of them started digging. And they hadn't gone four feet before they found a torn burlap sack. And through the tear, they could see what was obviously a human neck. Whoa! So they called up Sheriff Smutzer, and a dig of a different sort took place. Before the day was done, the crew had recovered the body of Andrew Helgeline in six pieces mm. head, arms, legs, and torso. And in one of the severed hands was a lock of Belle Gunnis's hair. Whoa! So after that, the sheriff asked Maxon if there were any other soft spots on the land where similar graves might be found, and Maxon confirmed that there were quite a few. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the next hole dug, produced two men, a woman, and Bell Gunnis's daughter, Jenny. Jeez. So many bodies were pulled from the earth on Bell Gunnis's land that investigators had to turn Bell's buggy shed into a makeshift morgue. Oh my God. And as soon as word got out, the Gunness Farm became the hottest tourist attraction in Indiana. It just beat the biggest wedge of
0: cheese (laughs) and the largest thumbtack. I can't believe now it's the Gunness Farm.
3: By May 6th, Thousands of people had shown up to witness the excavation, pressing their faces into the wire fence that surrounded the hog lot so they could make sure to see each and every body that came out of the ground. Mm. Yeah, this is like the old, this is old
1: school version of what happened uh, during John Wayne Gacy and Jeffrey Dahmer, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like the excavation footage where everybody's watching the blue barrels come out of the apartment building.
3: Yeah, except they all actually showed up on the grounds.
0: Well, they didn't have TVs back
3: then, you know? And of course, the press lost their collective minds over the whole affair, printing over a million words about the Bell Gunners case over the following weeks and months. Building off the not-so-distant crimes of H.H. Holmes, the Chicago press speculated that Bell must have had an accomplice with a background in medicine who assisted in dismembering the bodies. But Bell and the supposed accomplice, according to speculation, were only the final cogs in a much larger machine, which... That machine was a city-to-farm pipeline of murder operated by Chicago's more brutal crime syndicates. Okay. And since people were looking into her past, they noticed that Belle Gunness had also left a trail of dead babies from Chicago to Laporte. Well, you gotta
0: know how to get home.
3: <laughs> so it was also speculated that Belle was a baby farmer.
1: I she- keep a- planting them, but they'd never grow. <laughs> yeah, you're burying
3: them. That's called burying them, ma'am. See, baby farms were essentially DIY orphanages, where the said farmer would take an unwanted child off a woman's hands for a flat fee in exchange for the whole thing being hush-hush. That's what the Amish tried to do with me and my sister.
0: They wanted to buy you and Jackie.
1: Well, they kept saying they, they, kept saying they wanted to bring us to the farm so we, they could show us what real work was. Yeah, uh, because
0: they were just trying to teach you what real
1: work was. Ain't having it.
3: <laughs> do you think these hands could take it? No. Look at no. how plush these hands are. God, no. Definitely not. Well, basically, a modern-day baby farmer would be the people who take kid after kid from our foster care system here in America and only give them the barest essentials, if that, Mm. all while taking a big check from the government every month. Horrible, yeah. But some baby farmers Mm. wouldn't even do that. For example, a woman in England named Amelia Dyer just murdered the babies as soon as they were in her possession. And it said that Amelia Dyer murdered her hundreds yeah like 400 babies that's crazy
1: see the key to succeeding in life is to have no conscious
3: i guess and it was thought that bell was possibly one of these women but no babies were found in the ground in laporte although there were still plenty of full-grown men to (laughs) be found In one hole, they found that Bell had buried various stray bones in a wooden box, and when the box was opened, it was found that jellied flesh still clung to the remains. Mm. There were so many bones that one person on site said this.
1: You know, if all these bones belong to one person, you'd have a monstrosity. Someone 10 or 12 feet high.
0: <laughs> That's your Isn't that take? funny? That's your hot take, Larry? That's your yeah. hot take? If it was one person, it'd be a big person?
1: There'd be a lot of bones for one person. That's for certain. Oh, my God.
0: That man grew up to be the great-grandfather of Bill Engville Of course, from the Blue Collar
3: Comedy Tour. However, it was eventually surmised that it was enough bones for just two people. Uh, uh, it was just two six-foot men put on top of each other would be 12 feet high. Yeah,
0: two Smoots right. like
1: Kissel. If you get two <laughs> Smoots together and like put them together, I imagine if Kissel died in a thousand years from now, they go and they look at his bones, they're like, Oh, look at this tiny dinosaur.
0: What an incredible tiny dinosaur. (laughs) Oh, maybe if I die with Puffin, then they'll think I'm a man dog.
3: (laughs) And of course, the crowd that had shown up day after day to watch the excavations went absolutely nuts when the box came out of the ground. So they're just cheering this on like it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. Why true crime? Uh, but one newspaperman said that right why true crime now? <laughs> why why true is crime true now? crime the craze yeah. now? Why is true crime so big now? I don't, I don't get it. No. People were so nice before; they didn't have a macabre <laughs> sense of humor or a macabre desire to see death. One newspaperman said that right before the box was unearthed, he was watching an old white bearded man pull his toddler grandchildren in a wagon toward the hog lot. They were having a nice day out together. Of course, uh-huh. of course. Why
0: wouldn't the grandfather take his grandson to the hog lot? That's where he loves to go. <laughs>
3: (laughs) I would
1: have loved it. I would have had such a good time as a kid. (laughs) Be like, wait, the bodies. Where's the bodies, Grandpa Jig.
0: Man, you should have really been taken by the Amish. (laughs) Just learn how to raise a bard. I mean, I don't know how to do it, but.
3: but... As the old man approached the lot, the wagon toppled over and the toddlers were thrown to the ground. I mean, it just happens when you're playing with kids. Sometimes the kids fall out of the wagon. Yeah, sure. But it was at that moment that a cry went through the crowd... We found another body! Yay! So, Yay, new so, hey. so, faced with the choice between helping his grandchildren or seeing a dead body, old man said to hell with it and left the kids crying in the mud and ran to join the crowd. So, Timmy hell, and Tammy. I
1: see this every day. It's time to go and see some
0: bodies. <laughs> hey, Timmy and Tammy and Tommy, how was your day with El- uh, with Grandpa? Was it fun? Grandpa went to go look at the bones while I was covered in dirt. (laughs) (laughs) You've aged so fast in this little ride.
3: But in the midst of the excavation, another mystery was added to the story. Mm. Apparently, the undertaker in charge of preparing the supposed remains of Balgunnis had come to a startling conclusion. (gasps) Although Bell was five foot seven and easily two hundred and eighty pounds, the headless, conveniently unidentifiable body found in the ashes of the Gunnis home was probably closer to five foot two and carried less than half the weight that Belle did.
0: Oh, my, So Belle is like,
3: with any luck, they'll think it's me. <laughs> this
0: looks just like me. Really, does it?
3: <laughs> and with the discovery of the size discrepancy, the theories began. Essentially, there were five. Belle killed herself and her children. Belle killed her children and someone else, then removed the head of the victim and ran off. Ray Lamp Fear killed Belle and the children. Ray Lamp Fear assisted in the crimes and the cover ups. Or finally, a Chicago gang murdered Bell and her family after the corpse farm was no longer useful or convenient.
0: How did Chicago just always get the raw deal by mainstream media?
3: Just be like, <laughs> it must be a Chicago gang. No, it it's was in Indiana. Chi- no, it was the Chicago press, and also, uh, and it was only like what forty miles from uh from Laporte. Yeah, but forty miles in 1906—that's like 150 miles.
1: <laughs> I will say Chicago kind of earned the reputation at the time. It was a violent. Pl- Place. There was a lot of crime happening. H.H. H. Holmes helped create the idea of a serial killer in Chicago. I know. Like, so they are very – you could see now their, their imaginations have gone wild mm-hmm. because also the connection of the farm – to the madam when it used to be an old uh, like brothel all these weird crimes that have already happened on the ground so it has this like history it's so ripe
0: very interesting mm-hmm. you know for a fact there's an actor the Nicolas Cage of the time just being like I'll buy the property I will <laughs> buy it I will live on this property
3: oh the property uh, was cursed for quite a few years afterwards I'm yeah. sure it probably Ex- still is except no now there's like a nice family who lives there and the mother's like oh yeah my son is very hungry He sees ghosts all the time. It's so
1: cute. (laughs) They put a motocross like track in the back of it. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Where where the body farm is, they now ride dirt bikes. I love it. Yeah. Now it seemed to investigators that the only way to really solve the mystery was to find the head of Bell Gunnis. Got to. Or failing that to find the teeth of Bell Gunness for identification purposes. Mm-hmm. And the teeth idea wasn't a bad one. I mean, it was thought by those that believe Bell Gunness was in fact dead that the head had disintegrated or exploded from the heat. But the <laughs> teeth might have survived. The fucking movie Scanners?
0: Do heads really explode in the heat?
3: (laughs) See, Belle had a fairly distinctive smile, marked by two gold crowns and four porcelain teeth, reinforced by an 18-karat gold backing. So it was possible that her bridge work had survived the fire somehow. It was very distinctive. So Sheriff Smutzer hired a veteran prospector named Louis Schultz, (laughs) a.k.a. Old Klondike <laughs> to sift through the rubble to see what he could find.
1: If there's gold in that there rubble, I'm the one to find it because they say, What would you do for a Klondike? And I tell you what i do, I'd suck a woman's feet.
3: Whoa! <laughs> and on the day that old Klondike showed up, 16 16- thousand people came to watch. Oh my god. <laughs> in fact, the whole day, it turned into a bit of a carnival for the people of Indiana. Because it just so happened to fall on a Sunday. Oh great. They so had drivers, they set so up just a... Right after
0: church, right just out... go watch <laughs> and see the bodies. Uh... Oh, they skipped the church that day. Oh, they People did. started
3: showing up at sunrise. Okay. Yeah, they, they had drivers in the port. They set up this nice little relay system uh, for the tourists. They charged a dime for the trip to the farm. Wow. But to get back, that's a quarter. Whoa. Oh my
0: God, the scam never ends.
3: You had vendors selling peanuts, popcorn, and lemonade. You had hucksters hawking 10 cent postcards, which featured pictures of Andrew Helgeline's mutilated body. Oh my God. sold out in minutes. It's <laughs> juicy. It's good merch. Yeah. They've always been doing true crime merch. Always. Yes. So. Always, 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 always. Why true crime now? Always! That's my (laughs) question. That's my answer, is always.
0: It's always (laughs) been true crime. Okay.
3: You even had a quote-unquote portly fellow selling pink ice cream and cake right next to one of the excavated graves.
0: I've tried all the cake. I've tried all the ice cream. Mm, It's pretty good.
3: Yeah, it's pretty good. only days before... That grave had held the putrefied remains of several men, not to mention the fact that the guy was standing in the middle of a recently active hog pen selling pink ice cream and
1: cake. This is the first, the the great-great-grandfather of Ben of Ben and Jerry's. Yes,
0: indeed. (laughs) Yep, what a difference 72 hours makes, you know? (laughs)
3: <laughs> wow. People were even jumping into the graves. Oh like Look what
2: I'm
1: doing. <laughs>
0: look what are I'm you doing. You jumping into the grave? But they were. Jump- yeah, look you what I'm are doing. <laughs> You are just jumping in.
3: Okay. But they were digging into the dirt. They were trying to look for little bone fragments or pieces of flesh. Oh my god. One girl who was actually said to be quite handsome. She was carrying around a dead dog that she said had been killed by Belle while Belle was testing poisons. Someone had just sold some girl a dead dog that he found on the farm. Look what I just got. Isn't this fun?
1: It's a dead dog. I see that. Belle Gunnis killed it with poison. Really? Isn't it cool? It's Think- so hot right now. <laughs> This is the best day of my life. He's dead dog. Yeah. Oh, my
0: God. I'm going to name it dead. That's... (laughs) It's really sad you were born during this time because you would have loved the movie The Craft.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My name's Feruza. The first yeah. person to be named Feruza.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but all of that was calm and normal compared to what happened at the makeshift morgue. Now, at first, Sheriff Smutzer let people inside single file to view the piles of dismembered limbs, torsos, and heads. He figured, what's the harm? They came what, to what yeah, mean, like, well, let him look at it. Contamination look of an it.
0: entire, uh, of, a, of, a, of a police. Uh,
1: no, let them uh, look. Nah, yeah, come on. Let's take a look at it. You like it. I like it. You like it. Come on. Let's take a look at it. Look at them heads. It's weird how small a head is. On, the, on other people, it seems big. But then when you see it just kind of dismembered, rolling around the ground, you're like, huh. That's sick like a little fucking thing.
3: That's fun. <laughs> okay. Bit of a crime scene here, but that's all right. But pretty soon, it became apparent that just too many people had showed up. So Smutzer popped a lock on the door and told the people, show's over, no one else is going to be allowed in. In response to that, several women, quote, clawed at the little red carriage house and stuck their fingers in the cracks and wrenched in an attempt to pry the boards apart far enough to see inside. (laughs) That was what the women did. The men, they boosted each other to the window at the end of the structure so they could look inside. But none of them lasted more than a few seconds before one of them knocked the other one down so they could get up and see.
0: Well, it's a hell of a thing to fight over.
3: (laughs) Yeah. But on that particular Sunday, nothing was found by old Klondike.
1: Hmm. Whoa, Jiminy Cricket.
3: <laughs> For three days, the old prospector searched through the debris and in the process found five men's watches, several knives, bone fragments, and a book on anatomy. Hmm.
1: Whoa, Bill Gunnis actually did her fucking homework.
3: Yeah. And she was obsessed with watches. That was one of the weird things about really? her. Really? Yeah, she loved, like, that was her, tr- like, that was the trophy that she kept in a special place that she would keep the watch of each of her victims. Okay, Whoa. I mean, watches are pretty That's
1: cool. her and Tommy Romola.
3: <laughs> yep. <laughs> it wasn't until Tuesday, May 19th, that Schultz looked down in his sluice box and saw that he'd found, at the very least, the teeth of <sighs> Belle Gunness. Now, the dentist who did the work on Gunness Dr. Ira Bell immediately identified the bridge as his own personal work hmm. and said that Bell would have had to pull a tooth out of her own head to remove it. But since the authorities thought there was no way, Bell Gunnis could have been capable of such savagery, wow. despite oh, yeah. knowing she brutally murdered at least 11 men plus four of her own children. That's good enough. She wouldn't have done that. She wouldn't have pulled out of her head. She's dead. He's wow. officially dead. They just have to go and fucking close that case. hmm And with that, a grand jury officially indicted Ray Lamphere for arson... And the first-degree murders of Myrtle, Lucy, Philip, and Belle Gunnis. No! And they threw the murder of Andrew Helgeline into the mix as well, just for good measure. It's just like, for fun. Just for funsies. Oh, my I goodness.
1: I am fucking beside myself, guys. I am beside myself. This is absolutely the dumbest shit. This is the dumbest shit I've ever been a part of, and I have been eating this Norweeds woman's fucking awful salted cod <laughs> for years now it was terrible i'll say it wow oh, bell i love you and i miss you god damn it
3: sounds like a guilty man to me oh, no. oh. Now, for the full story of Ray Lamphere's trial, which is a doozy and long. I mean, it's a big, big story. You're going to have to go read Hell's Princess yes. by Harold Schechter, the source material. It's like that is a third of the book is Ray Lamphere's trial. And it's fascinating and great. And like all the, all the different experts that they bring in is absolutely fascinating. It's really cool to see all of this in action. But long story short, Ray Lamphere was found guilty of arson, mm-hmm. but not of any of the murders. Okay. Okay, so he was acquitted of the murders. Yes. That's the big one. He was acquitted of the murders, but he was still found guilty of arson, which didn't make sense to anybody. Of course not. No, but that's just the way it goes in the justice system sometimes. Mm -hmm. And as a result, he was sentenced to two years in prison but died of tuberculosis soon after his sentencing, following a light hemorrhage during his trial, in which blood just started gushing out of his face.
2: Oh, Oh,
3: because
1: I'm making strawberry syrup or something. This is just, I am just the unluckiest cuck in the world.
0: Oh, poor guy.
3: But the biggest question here at the end is, what the fuck happened to the real Bell Gunness? Yes. Now, many people are loath to draw definitive conclusions about what Belle Gun- Gunnis pulled off that night in April, which is fair. Yes. But to us, it seems fairly obvious that Belle Gunnis did not die in the fire that night and instead murdered some poor girl, removed the head, and pulled the bridge work out of her own face to leave uh-huh. behind as evidence because they
1: just hired a new like Ugh. housekeeper like workwoman that also disappeared so I, it seems fairly obvious that she was not this headless. So corpse. did Bell Gunnis just escape to Montreal? Like what oh, I mean, happened? I don't. We don't know.
3: We have no. We don't know. Fucking idea. Oh my yeah.
1: god! And so she got away with this. Yeah. I, I mean, we don't know. Or she fucking died. Or that was her. And the. Well, f- how would we'll you... get
3: into it? Yeah, we'll get, we'll get... into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, and quite a few people came to the same conclusion as we did. I mean, for months, if not years, Bell Gunnis sightings were a fairly common occurrence throughout the country, especially the Midwest. But you can imagine.
0: And being someone who looked like Bel Gunness and be like, you're Bell Gunness, And be like, that's just really mean. Yeah, dude. Because all of the descriptions are just like, troll woman, is she on the loose? <laughs> How many did she kill? And be like, are you Bell Gunness? And be like,
3: could have done without that today. <laughs> Thank you. And even after Ray Lamphere died, new conspiracy theories were created around him to make the story even juicier than it already was. In one theory, it was Ray and Elizabeth Smith, his alibi lover, Ooh. who had killed the Gunness family. This theory was given even more credence after a skull was found in Elizabeth Smith's home after she died. But it was soon discovered that the skull was decades old and Smith had actually been using it for voodoo rituals. Ooh. Ooh
1: don't cool. But I think that this is more of an 1880s version of a Tumblr witch. <laughs> yeah.
3: And <laughs> yeah, she'd even covered the skull in names, including the name of the Laporte police chief, Phil Bongers. <laughs> Phil uh, Bongers, spelled... was
1: named by fucking Holden McNeil. <laughs>
3: like, honestly. And Bongers is spelled with a Z. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bongers.
1: Bongers. Honestly, that's it pretty cool. It sounds like, <laughs> uh, oh my God, what I'm going to become of the voice man on a morning radio show.
3: <laughs> yeah. But uh, Elizabeth Smith had actually written it as uh, Phil <laughs> Phil Bungers, <laughs> which could have either, uh, either been a misspelling or just a way to make a bad name worse. <laughs> no, I mean, I, Phil Bungers. honestly, she cursed
0: a random dude named Phil Bungers, and Phil was just having a good day, and then all of a sudden it started raining frogs around him. He's like, as if that?
1: my life couldn't get any worse, I got a hop on the front end of the bank. I got backwards feet.
0: Phil Bungers. Poor, poor, poor Arkansas Phil Bungers. <laughs>
3: But in the coming decades, plenty of people would suspect the ghost Gunness in various crimes. She was even put forth as a possible suspect in the infamous Wineville Chicken Coop murders out there in Los Angeles Mm. in 1928. But the M.O. was all wrong. The Wineville Chicken Coop murders, that was all little boys. Okay. But there was one case in particular... In which it was at the very least plausible the perpetrator might have been Belle Gunnis. And that came in 1931, almost 25 years after Gunnis had supposedly died. That's how long the memory of Belle Gunnis lasted. Wow. The theory was that Belle Gunnis had moved to Chicago, where she changed her name to Esther Carlson and got work as a housekeeper. There, she laid low until the murderous urge rose (sighs) once again. That year, her employer, August Lindstrom, had opened up a joint account with Esther in the amount of $2,000, and August had died with a belly full of arsenic only a week later. Hmm. It was at that point that someone realized that Esther was the right age and the right size and had the look of Belle Gunness. Wow. Shit, that X Factor. And when her home was searched, investigators found an old battered trunk containing, among other things... A photo of two girls and a boy, who, according to the people in the port, looked strikingly like the Gunness children, although at that point, the Gunnis children were 23 years dead. Wow. Wow. Can you picture a child that you saw 23 years ago, like, fully? Nah, no, I
1: no, <laughs> I, don't, I barely remember what no. my niece looks like.
0: <laughs> yep, they all look
3: the same. But when they took the picture to LaPorte, like everyone was like, "Yep, that's the Gunnish kids. That's definitely in- them." I mean, I don't know. There was less fo- uh, photographs
0: back then. Maybe they were, maybe their brains were stronger. Well, I, I maybe they could hold the picture longer in their mind. I- Socrates
1: uh, actually damned the use of uh, constant writing because he said our memories would fade without having to remember the stories constantly. Huh. Mm. Yeah. Huh.
0: I believe it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Who was that you <laughs> mentioned? <laughs> Socrates. Remember that? Yeah. That was mm-hmm. good.
3: Now, of course, Esther denied that she was the Indiana ogress, saying that she wasn't even Norwegian. She was Swedish, and she hadn't, even, she hadn't spent a day of her life in Indiana, but before she even went to trial for the murder of her employer, she died, and the truth seemingly died with her. Mm. For many years, Esther Carlson was the world's best bet as to what became of Belle Gunness after she killed her children and burned down her own house, but all that changed in 2014. That year, a Selbu native named Newt Jensen looked into Esther Carlson's backstory and found that she was without a doubt telling the truth. She was not Belle Gunness. Really? Basically, they
1: just had to prove at some point. That her life existed outside of Belle point. and they, uh, it was close, though. Yeah. It was hard. It was eerily close. They had to run it down, but they finally found a spot where Esther Carlson was in a different place than Bell Gunnis.
3: Okay. hmm As to what happened to Belle Gunnis, it's possible the body found in the house was hers, and the undertaker made a mistake. It's possible that Ray Lamphere had a hand in the whole thing, and it's possible that Bell Gunnis just got away. What is not possible is any hope that we'll ever find out the truth about what happened to Belle Gunness. For better or worse, Belle will forever remain one of the 20th century's greatest mysteries. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa!
0: Oh, that is a crazy, crazy story. So, Belle, if you're alive today, we'd love to interview you <laughs> for our Patreon series. If, uh, you're, a, and I, if, if you're 152 years and old. Of course, why wouldn't you be 152 years young, Belle? We don't want to be rude. Please call I actually, in.
1: I think my opinion, right? You read all of this stuff. I think that she got away with it. I Sounds think like that it. she left. I think Ray Lamb Fear. This is my, obviously, this is my estimation. I think Ray Lamb Fear helped her. I think she got away. And I think she just realized if I just am just that much more careful, I can continue to run my scams.
3: Yeah. And just keep on moving. I think, I don't think. Um, I agree that definitely agree that Belle Gunnis got away, Mm -hmm. but I don't think Ray Lanphier had anything to do with it. I I think I don't know. I I, I don't know though. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just my, my gut tells me that Ray just, um, I think Ray just got was wrong place, wrong time, useful idiot. She just saw a guy to pin the crimes on and knew that it was going to be easy, pulled the teeth out of her face, you know, threw him on the ground and then left town.
0: You know, this is, I don't want to have, this is a bit of a spoiler alert. But it reminds me of what happened at the end of the uh, of the TV series Veep.
3: Uh, yeah. You I know? didn't yeah, see it. I know. We don't, we don't, we don't want to spoil it. We don't, need, we don't need to spoil it. But it was but, just uh, But very, I, know, I know what you're saying. Very... Belle? <laughs> she should have been nice uh, to, she been nice to one person. she's a mysterious
1: woman. She, and she knows to keep her cards close to her chest. Yeah. And that's what
3: all these ladies seem to know. Everybody gets why they are better at crime. See, I've kind of got a feeling that Belle Gunness... Because like, if she did... Run off. That meant that she was traveling with at least a million dollars in cash alone on the road. You know, just on the roads of, you know, this is a woman who potentially 1908. But she
0: pulled her own teeth out of her mouth. True. I, I think there's nothing. She's safer than an armored car.
3: You get three guys with guns, two guys with guns, one guy with a gun. She is dead in the ditch. Yeah, and she could have been gotten got. Yeah, she definitely could have gotten got on
1: the sh- on the road. I don't know. That's why. That's quite but, possible. But
3: that that's kind of that's kind of my gut feeling is that she just got got and all of her money yeah. was stolen and, and you know one of the pro- and that family went on. To, to be the Waltons, really, and they Thank found him. Walmart, Walton. Walmart. I, Walmart. Honestly,
0: <laughs> I wow.
3: honestly
1: think it's true. It's got to be something. It's like very that. possible. Like, um, one of those like purely evil barons. It's just fucking <laughs> the Cheney family. All
0: right, there it is. <laughs> Bell Goddess. What a great series that was. Informative. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And uh, yeah, I guess we have, do you want to thank someone? Yeah, special thanks
3: to research assistant Rachel Shu, as always, for her help on this episode.
0: Thank you so much. And we want to say a big thank you to everyone who came out to see our show in Oakland, the Fox Theater. That might be the most beautiful theater we have ever seen.
3: So, so beautiful.
0: So pretty. It was wonderful. And And thanks to everyone who came
1: out. Next week, we got a relaxed Fit episode coming your way. Um, and then the week afterwards, we're going to start, this summer, it's already in the middle of the summer, summer into fall, I think we're going to be doing some of my favorite topics we've ever done.
0: Very I'm excited. very,
1: very fucking exciting.
0: And I didn't want to thank stuff. everyone also who came out to our show in San Diego. That was incredible. And thanks to everyone who came out to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in beautiful Los Angeles. That was a total miracle. Mm-hmm. And it
3: was awesome. So thank you all so much. It was a dream come true that I did not know was a dream until we were about halfway through the show. Yeah. And I realized- like,
1: oh, wow, this is an important moment. I should be trying to remember this.
3: Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah, thank wonderful. you everyone so much. That was a fan. That was so much fun. Yes. And we're
0: excited to see everyone out on the road here in the very, very Near future. Um, so let's see, is there anything else? Anything else we good? uh Well, we've got a lot of shows
3: coming up here yeah. in uh,
0: the coming months. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun.
3: Yeah, our next uh, mini tour we got St. Paul, Des Moines, and Milwaukee on the 8th, 9th, and 10th. St. Paul sold out from what I hear. Hey, all right. Uh, but we still got tickets for uh, Des Moines and Milwaukee. That's uh, August 9th and August 10th. Then The next mini tour is in Atlantic City, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and Port Chester, New York. That is August 16th, 17th, and 18th. Eighteenth, there's awesome. still tickets for all of those shows. Come on out to the Atlantic City show. That's gonna be a weird. It'll be like a weird one on kind of on par with the Hollywood Forever show. We're yeah. like, it's at a casino. It's gonna be strange. Yes, it will <laughs> it's be. It's gonna be
2: strange.
1: <laughs> and if
0: you are in Milwaukee on the 11th, I'm also gonna be premiering uh, "Hail Yourself, America," my little documentary. Thanks to everyone who came out uh, at Nighthawk Cinema uh, for that on this past Wednesday. That was awesome. So stick around, and uh, and you can see me twice in Milwaukee. And I believe we will be doing something in Minneapolis also. Oh, yeah, that's so awesome. That'll be cool. Is Atlantic that, that City. Is go- really cool. Is Atlantic City going to be full of gamblers? Or is it yes. going to be like. I love that. That, that crowd no, is going to be I really think it's
1: interesting. It's going to be. Yes, it's going to be the, the, the desolate souls. But they <laughs> They're know. They're going to come to Atlantic City. Come to. Come visit us in Atlantic City and help take care of us. Help protect us. <laughs> also, show us Atlantic City's got a heart in there. It does, Let's do man.
3: see us back. I love it. Yeah, and if you're here in the New York City area, uh, if you didn't know, Port Chester is like 30 minutes north. Okay. Yeah, Port Chester is very close to uh, New York City. There's a lot of concerts out there. Usually when Ween plays around here, they play Port Chester. So awesome. Kind of. So, yeah, a lot of concerts are up in Port Chester. So, yeah, if you're in New York City, just pop on up. Come see us there.
0: We're in good company. If we, it's a good. You know
1: why the smaller market shows are actually funner to come see too. Like if you come see one of those shows, being like, because we have nothing to do, so we just in a city. Just drinking and hanging out. Yeah, so it'll come a, it'll, come find our bullshit.
0: Absolutely, and keep on supporting all the shows here on uh, the Last Podcast Network. Um, I believe that's basically about it, right, guys?
3: Yeah, that's pr- that's pretty much it. And uh, of course, we got our uh, UK and European tour course. in uh, September, well, we can't wait to see all y'all then.
0: I cannot wait. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Again, let's do a magoustalations.
3: Magoustalations.
0: You
1: can give yourself a little once You can give yeah. yourself a little, yeah. little Absolutely you're right For all the fucking people For all the people that count on it The, the people that need it To get through their day Like all of and us Hail me Absolutely hail me god damn it yeah.
0: And uh, yeah Don't kill everybody Don't I'll uh kill fucking everybody Don't kill everybody I don't even know why You're any <laughs> <laughs> I mean maybe don't add Maybe don't um You know solicit uh People in a magazine And then kill them Hmm <laughs> This show is made possible By listeners like you
1: Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
3: If a friend asks how you're doing,
0: and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is,
3: I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help,
0: they'll just think I'm weak
3: then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.
2: Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt.
1: At 3 a.m., at all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New Miracle-Gro organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients.
2: Miracle-Gro is simply the best.